Welcome to another episode of Women on the Run. You're here with Candace, Whitney, and Maisha. And today we're going to talk about mental health. So, Whitney, you want to kick it off? All right. Mental health is something that is very important to me because um, what pays my bill is being a mental health therapist. Every day I come into contact with people who are dealing with uh, mental health issues, substance abuse issues, co-occurring diseases. Uh, There are so many people who go undiagnosed with dealing with uh, health issues. And I do want to put it out there, and it's very important that I let you know this, that if you feel like you are going to harm yourself or if you feel that you harm someone else, we have a National Suicide Prevention Hotline it's confidential and they can connect you to resources because it's so important people um, especially in the African American community are dealing with suicide and those suicidal ideations and they feel like they have no one to talk to but you can call 1-800-273-8255 and they will connect you to resources in your area so please don't feel like um, if you need to reach out to someone you know, let them know. Even if you're the strong friend, it's it's always good to get help. All right. But uh, speaking about mental health, um, did you check out um, Napoli Ever After? Yeah. Yep, I did. I did. That, it was I got, It me. was on, like, in the background, and I was able to, like, sit through a few parts of it. But you know, I just I I heard the whole movie. And what y'all think? For me, the message that for some reason I connected with her, maybe not so uh, much about my hair, but the feeling of having to have perfection, like with that that mother daughter relationship, because you know your your mother holds a standard for you. And you mm-hmm. try to reach that. Um, so I can understand. I, I just kind of like being in her shoes. I know that it seemed like she was upset and depressed with herself. And then having anxiety about trying to achieve perfection. Like that just had to be exhausting is what Absolutely. it seemed like to me. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like with me and my hair being straightened right now, I felt like. Like that very first, I think it was like 15 minutes where her assistant is coming in and telling her like what the weather is and the humidity and the percentage and everything. I feel like that that is my life right now. And I should probably just wash my hair because it's not that serious, but I'm literally like checking the weather. Like, is it going to rain today or is my hair going to stay straight? And watching the movie, I'm like, damn, that's like, it's not even something that I should be consuming myself with at this time. Right. There's way more bigger things going on in my life that I can be worried about to the detail of that, you know, to that extent. What I thought was interesting was um, how she she channeled back into like, it was at the beginning of the movie but towards the end she talked about the time when she was at the pool mm-hmm. and like how you know, just think about it, like she was a child. You know what I'm saying? She yeah. was an adult. She was a child and she wanted to have fun and she wanted to be free. But I don't know if y'all remember back in the day, but I know my mom used to make me put on this, that little cap. Yeah. Trying to preserve the condom cap. Hair. 
And it's just crazy how literally like, and I can't speak for all, but I can say majority of African-American young girls are conditioned to think like that. And it's so sad. Like basically her childhood was pretty much stripped from her all due to the fact that you can't mess up your hair. You have to look this way or her mom's going to have to take so much time to do her hair. So I feel like it was interesting that like that scene in her mind stuck with her her whole life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and that's what really happens. Like, you think about it, like, that's why so many of us, um, I don't want to work out because I just got my hair done. And if I work out, then I'm sweat or I don't want to go to the pool. And I remember, like, just over the summer, um, I literally just got my hair done and I got it like braided. It was braided, but they were like big cornrows. And I knew that if I got my hair wet, my natural curls would like peek through. And I remember MJ was like so mad getting in the pool with them. And Marcel was like kind of irritated. Like every time we come to the pool, I always got to be in the pool with the kids. <laughs> and I really felt bad, but I was like, mm-hmm. I'm messing up my hair. And it's just crazy that we're so like consumed with that. Yeah. Like, it started, it starts, even if our parents, or our moms didn't mean to, I think it's just like, it was conditioned so early on. And I just, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, you don't think about it until it's like set Mm -hmm. or like the perspective is so much larger than I'm just thinking about like pool parties that I've been invited to and it's been majority of black women and literally nobody's in the pool. Mm -hmm. Like nobody's in the pool is literally a cookout and people got their feet in the water Mm -hmm. on the notion that my hair, I got my hair done to come to this pool party. Right. And right. <laughs> I'm not getting it messed up, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Vanity. Overall, I thought it was good. I thought, I mean, you know, I thought some of the messages and even just about, like, speaking to society's view on what beautiful is, mm-hmm. that whole that whole part was interesting. Um, because kind of going into this whole mental health thing and just, you know, talking about, I think today we were going to talk about like personal experiences and things that we've seen. And I know one thing that um, a friend of mine, her daughter is struggling with as a preteen is like the pressure of society and what is to be beautiful for a young woman. And like, you know, she's going through like a lot of self-esteem and insecurities and I guess I just to kick it off, I wanted to actually like as a young girl, not we'll talk, I guess, as in our adult years, but in your younger years, did you guys face that? Did you guys have insecurities or did you have anything that maybe you felt like kind of insecure about as far as your personal appearance, not talking emotional, just right now, just talking about that. And like, did you feel pressure from society when you were younger? Um. um I know I dealt a lot with um, growing up, well, in Georgia, in in an area where it was, you know, majority white or racist people, me being someone who enjoyed school, did well in school and was in gifted classes, I dealt with not being accepted by white people because those were mostly the people in my classes. And then I really wasn't accepted by black people because I was light-skinned with green eyes and then I was in gifted classes so I dealt with that a lot which is probably you know why I do have what I call like the pineapple 
mentality where it's kind of hard on the outside, but I do feel like soft or mushy on the inside because it was like for a while I didn't fit in with anyone. So I just had to stand alone. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because it would be like, you know, I, you know, not that I would say, oh, please be my friend, but it's like, you don't want to talk to me because I'm doing well in school. And mm-hmm. then you don't want to talk to me. Thank you. Because what? My phone? Because what? I wouldn't look like them. So dealing with uh, my other counterparts. Yeah. Hmm. I think I struggled. It was in junior high school where, which is always, to me, I feel like that's like the toughest age. You're, you're not a kid, but then you want this like independence. And then you're not so much a teenager. Um so my parents did not allow us to wear makeup and literally gave us like a age. So 15 was the age that we were able to wear makeup. And my sister, my older sister and I are four years apart. So at the time she was in high school, she was, you know, getting her mascara, her colored lip gloss and lipstick and a little bit of eyeshadow. So I literally would go to school and I thought that makeup was going to make me look prettier. Mm-hmm. Um after PE, this girl named Sheena, who God bless her parents, let her wear whatever she, you know, they just let her do whatever she wanted. So she would literally come with like a full bag of makeup. And after PE, like we would literally like do our makeup in um in a locker room and then completely transform ourselves and then go to class. And before I got home, I would wash it all off. And I'm I'm now I'm thinking about it like did the makeup really make me feel prettier to me in my mind I'm like yeah and I I felt like it gave me a social acceptance because number one I wasn't supposed to do it and then number two I'm like this completely different person after PE you know I don't know Mm -hmm. it's just my it's only in your mind um Mm -hmm. but now I'm looking I'm like okay it wasn't that serious, no. Like, did I tell my parents no? I mean, they probably saw, they found, like, a lip gloss or something in there. But it was, they were really strict on us. And I appreciate it now. But when I was just, cool, I'm like, I hate you guys. You don't want yeah. me to live. Like, let me live my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I think um, I struggled most with just, like, my body. I um I, I was really skinny in, in middle school. And then it was a point in time where I just started to fill out. Some say it was when I started having sex. I don't know. Um, but I, I do know. I do know that like, there was a point in time when I was in middle school, where, like I would be with my friends, and I was like, really self conscious about my thighs, for some reason. And it's crazy now that I look back because I was super skinny and I don't know why I had such a complex about them, but like I would literally sit down next to my friends and um, look, look like compare my thighs as we're sitting down. And like, I would hate that my thighs look bigger than the rest of them. So I always had that complex. And then it went from like, all of a sudden I'm getting breath, getting hips and then I'm getting attention from boys that I kind of like, but I don't know how to receive. And I just never would, I've never been in a comfortable space with my body, whether Mm -hmm. I was skinny or whether I was um, thicker. I just never felt comfortable. I always felt like I was either too fat or too skinny or not like just not enough. So that's something that I dealt with um, as a teenager and 
I'm still probably dealing with as an adult. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, I think that at some point, all girls deal with some type of body image issue because, you know, I, I've dealt with that. I mean, I was in the fifth grade with a B cup and I was uncomfortable because I was wearing a bra and that's just something I didn't want to have to do. Uh-huh. And I remember getting in trouble in the fifth grade by taking a bra off in class. And it's like, well, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought like, I don't want to wear it. I feel constricted and it's not comfortable and I don't want to do this. So and I was on I, I was on the opposite, like trying to stuff my bra or like put socks in my in my little training bra. I don't think I got boost so I was like in seventh grade. And see that's what I think is interesting. Like as women, it's so crazy how like we all have different stories and like I like Whitney and I didn't like that, like having the breast at such a young age. And you have you who like wanted to. And it's always just interesting to me how us women um, always want what we don't have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other people. You want what other. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Like I remember my friends be like, girl, your body is so bad. Like, oh my God. And I would be like, like I would just hate to see myself in the mirror. Like, I was just like, I hated it. And I don't, it's crazy because I would get like, you know, that feedback that, oh, you look so nice. You have a nice shape. I, I hate, like, I really hated it. Like, not even dislike, like, I hated it to look at myself sometimes in the mirror. Um, just because I felt like, you know, things were just too much or too, lo- you know, and it's just crazy. And then you have you saying you were trying to, you know, stuff your bra. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy how um, us women, we always just like kind of are never. I don't know, never satisfied with what we had, even down to the hair. Like, you have girls who, like, have straight hair and they wish they had curly hair. Or girls who have curly hair wish they had straight hair because it's too much. And it's just like, we're never, you know, we're never happy. Never satisfied. Mm-hmm. And why yeah. do, y'all think that, do y'all think it's something just internally or do you think it's society? Because, I mean, when you think about it, there's beautiful women with long hair there's beautiful women with short hair there's beautiful women that are skinny there's beautiful women that are you know thicker so do you think that's something that we've internalized or do we blame it on social media like what do you think it is oh i, I don't, like I don't, a bit I don't even think you could bl- yeah i don't know if you can just blame it on social media because i mean back to the body thing uh where every where i was getting breasts and that's what white girls wanted getting butt and I wasn't getting that so I still don't have it and it's just something that I've always like I've wanted that and that was way before social media but you know now with social media and with the social media models it's like this is what they say perfection is right and you don't know nowadays like what's real what's fake and just listening to like guys talk about how you just listening to the guys talk about women and in general I'm gonna just throw some name out and some names out like Amber Rose Kim Kardashian like those women who guys are all googly eyed over have had made they made their bodies look like that so you know it's like what is what's acceptable what am I what am I supposed to look like you know am I supposed to have a you know big breast tiny waist and a big booty um you know like 
or are you gonna take this little stag booty that I got right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, <laughs> it's just, it's, I don't know. But the thing about it is, it's like all of this happens, and to me, I t- if I hear men talking about it, it's like, what do you really want? Because you'll sit yeah. here and, and fantasize about Kim Kardashian, but. But I've been regular degular all my life and I ain't never had a problem trying to talk to or have a man. So that's that, true. And that's what I was about to say, because I hear so many guys like you'll see them double tapping on all these Instagram models like that are done up and da 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 da. But then they'll come out their mouth and say, I don't like all that. I want right. I yeah. want a girl who's naturally beautiful. I don't I don't like all the weave. I don't like all you don't gotta you know get all done up and put butt pads in I just want you to be you know ponytail sweatpants so it's kind of like confusing you know what I mean because they're saying one thing out of their mouth but then their eyes and their actions are doing something totally different and they drooling over themselves you know as this fake booty walks past you know what I'm saying or they looking at all these Instagram models and if you look at their uh recently like like all of them is just all these fake you know booties women with the fake looking women but it's like yeah it's kind of just confusing yeah um, maybe think, it's just a fantasy that I don't know but then I thought I don't know because like I have like a like I said back to my son's daughter like we were talking about that I was having a conversation um with a friend of mine, we were just talking about it, and, like, these young girls, so, like, at my church, let me just tell y'all this really quick, so we had this, like, youth explosion, and I didn't get to sit in it, but the lady from my church told me that, basically, they did this activity with the preteens and the teenage girls, and what Mm -hmm. they did was they gave each one of them a balloon, and they blew up the balloon, and then they wrote something negative that they hear about themselves on the balloon. And so the purpose of it, and so then after they um, each talked about what that negative thing on the balloon was, they were given a pen to pop it and basically take the life out of that negative thing. And I thought it was like a really interesting um, exercise that they did. Yeah, but I like that. Me, one of the things that all the girls, a lot of the girls were saying is that they're not enough. They're not pretty mm. enough. Um some girls were saying they were too skinny. Some girls were saying that they were, you know, too big. And it's just so sad. Um, and some of the girls brought up, that's why I brought up social media, because a lot of the girls brought up that, like, they see all these girls, like, who they're, like, their face is done up perfectly. Skin is flawless. They have, like, no waist. You know, their their hair, they got bundles down to their back. And it's like they just can never compare. And all these guys that they like, that. And so I guess for us, like, 80s babies and, you know, growing up in the 90s, we didn't have that. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't, you know, it's kind of hard to identify with that. Like you guys were saying, like, we didn't have social media back then. But That's we had true. models and we had, you know, actresses and singers who were beautiful that maybe we didn't really compare to. But I'm just, it's just funny how um, nowadays, like, it's, I feel like it is a lot of pressure for this generation. And social media does, in my opinion play a lot in a lot of these girls' security because I agree 100%. That's all they see. And, like, I'm looking at, like, some of the girls that, like, you know how you just kind of be on Facebook and Instagram and, like, these girls' prom pictures nowadays? Girl. Yeah, they get like, married. They look like they're <laughs> right. like, like, what? what is your wedding gonna look like? Because girl, you're doing the most. Like, girl, like, I had on, like, 
my little JC Penny gown, whatever. Like I don't know. Like it's so different, and I don't know. It's just it's. I feel I feel sad for the girls now, and like I, all of us, or you know, here we all have daughters. Yeah. That are gonna grow up, you know, basically in this society in this day and age with social media. And I guess the next question I'm thinking we can go into is just like, how do you make your? What do you do personally with your daughters? to make her feel beautiful? What kind of things do you guys do or do you plan to do with your daughter so that she does feel beautiful and she does feel confident and know that she doesn't have to, um, I guess, compare herself to those on social media or TV or whatever it is? Hmm. Um, well, what I do um, is not only am I doing it for my daughter, but I'm doing it for myself. Um because I have friends who hold me accountable, I, it made me check myself or where I was a little bit after I had her. Even being in a position to work with people with mental health, I wasn't aware of the signs until hindsight that I was dealing with a little bit of postpartum depression. And my biggest thing was I don't want to be this sad, sad and down person for my daughter because I am her first example. So everything that we do, whether I'm telling, you know, she gets a new pair of shoes, if it's new socks, uh, she has her fro air fro or her braid hairstyle, or even if she gets new pajamas, it's a big deal. And I'm like, you are so pretty, but not only do I tell her that she's pretty, I say, oh, you're very, very smart. You're a smart girl, and you're really, really strong. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying those things to her, but I'm also saying those things to myself because I know that after having her, I wasn't in the best place. And it was like I was telling her I was okay, and I can do this, and I'm going to be a single mom, and I'm going to get through it. But I really wasn't, and I saw that my life was just taking care of her, but on the outside of the realm of being a mom, I wasn't, I wasn't in a good place. And I, I did have to go and talk to somebody about it because I couldn't work with people and I'm dealing with my own things. So I don't, I wanted to be that example for her. So I had to make sure that I worked on being a healthy whole me so that that could kind of transcend to her because they, they are sponges and they pick up on those things. And even now, if I get frustrated about something or sometimes I'm trying to figure out how something's going to work, she says to me at two, mommy, are you okay? Mommy, everything's going to be all right. And that is a check for me. Like she's still watching you regardless if you think she's not, mm -hmm. she's still watching you. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Yeah. I, so with okay. with Brooklyn, I just praise her. Um, I'm gonna give y'all an example that happened probably like two months ago. We were at baseball practice with TJ. Um, it was a little bit colder outside, so we just had on um, we had on coats, um, like light jackets. It was spring, and um, playing on the playground while TJ was doing his um doing his thing on the field. We were at the little play park area, and our, it was our usual group, and there was an extra little girl there, um, and she was like, she was African-American, and she said, what happened to her hair? So y'all know she, her hair is not very long, but this is a struggle that I've been going through, um, and watching this movie, I'm thinking, like, am I giving my baby a complex? Because, you know, I'm 
do what I can do with the little bit that she has. But the little girl was just like, what happened to her hair? And so, um, so I sat there and I just watched. I wanted to see, did Brooklyn even understand what she was asking? Like, how was she going to respond to it? And uh, so she looked at the little girl and the little girl's mom interjected. And she was like, hey, she's like, you know, she's like, your hair looked just like that when you were her age. And the little girl was like, nah, and she was probably like maybe five or six. So she didn't know either. She probably just like, here's a little girl who she doesn't have much hair. So Brooklyn looked at her and she like, she touched her hair and then she turned away and she went and she kept walking. And I was like, bro, I was like, hold on, Brooklyn. I was like, come here. I was like, you know, you're still beautiful. No matter if you don't have hair or not on your head, you're still beautiful. Hair is not going to make you or break you. Um, but I was extremely proud. And I was saying she's two years old. Like she probably didn't even know what the little girl was asking, but yeah. it did not phase her. She said, I'm gonna continue to play, I'm gonna enjoy what I came to do. And your what you say or what you what your thoughts are not gonna disrupt my happy or my normal right now. And I mean, I was extremely proud because I'm like, well, you know, did she know what the little girl asked or if she understood it, it didn't matter because she's happy. She's doing what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so just constant praises that I give her every day. Like, I mean, we don't have, I don't have the normal routine that y'all have where you got to make sure her hair is done. We just make sure, I mean, as long as it's moisturized, we can just go. Mm-hmm. So, and that's my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with I think um, mine's is pretty similar to, you know, yours as far as just like the constant like positive affirmations. Um, I was gonna say like something that I noticed with Malia, um, and it bothers me, and I don't know if it's just her being the baby, and um, you know, just she's the baby not only of our immediate family, but you know of our entire family, you know, like all of, all of my, all, excuse me, out of all of Marcel's nieces and nephews, she's the baby. And then of course on my side, it's just, you know, my mom and dad don't have any other grandkids besides her and MJ. So she's the baby. So sometimes I wonder if it's like, because of that, or if she really like needs the extra attention, but I notice like, she's very jealous of MJ. And like, I know MJ is, He's very, uh, how can I say this without, like, trying to sound like an extra, like, braggy type of parent. But, like, he really is good at everything he does. And I don't mean that to, like, boast about him, but he just is. Like, you know, sports, everything he picks up very fast. Um, I noticed that sometimes, like, she's like, you didn't, you didn't say I did a good job. Or, you know, you didn't say this about me. So I am, like, especially more recently, trying really, really hard to you know reassure her that she's great that she's smart that she's beautiful but then also like spend like true quality time with just her where I make it all about her and we do things that are girly like today we had a Manny Petty date and you know like I'll take her out and you know when I do her hair like I try to like you know, oh, girl, you know, like, just hype her up and go show daddy. Don't you look like a princess? And I, like, you know, I'm just trying to, like, she knows that she is enough. And especially, you know, now I'm hearing, like, these girls, like I told you from the church, who feel like they're not enough. 
And like, I don't want her to like take this little bit where she's always being compared to her brother or maybe not measuring up to her brother to carry on throughout her life where she feels like she's not enough. You know what I mean? Like in society. And so that's just something that I've been struggling with her as my little girl. Um, I just want her to know that she's enough and that, you know, she's just as great as any guy or girl out there. And, you know, that's just what we've been trying to do is just do the girl time, do the mommy time and just give her attention. I just kind of feel like she is one of the type of kids who craves and cries out for a lot of attention. So I try, like I drop MJ off in the morning and her and I, we do our positive affirmations every morning and, you know, just have our own little thing. So that's what we do. That's good. Um, so go somewhere else with it because I yeah I I wanted to ask you guys um because it was something that I know a lot of women um speaking for myself have struggled with but what about when we talked about um like the negative images that we have what what type of negative image maybe or negative uh reinforcement you have received from like a a failed relationship or uh, another male even if it wasn't a relationship or or something from a male what kind of negative message have you received about um just yourself maybe you know physically or just in general um I'll speak to that um so my ex one thing and I guess I didn't really notice it until I got um, back with Marcel, but um, I don't really know. Like, I don't know if I'm answering the question, but I know something that bothered me and it ne- it, it, I struggled with is he never gave me compliments. Like, even, and I told you that I had insecurities about my body and stuff, but even when I thought, and I, that sounds terrible to say, but even when I thought, like, okay, no, I know I look cute, and like, you know, wanting him to acknowledge that, he'd be like, you all right? Like, you know, like he would always downplay me and like I didn't realize that it was negative because I thought he did it like jokingly but um I think that really affected me because like I then started to it started to play into this the existing insecurities that I already had that I you know I didn't look right in certain things and stuff so like that bothered me and I know when I started to date Marcel um he would always compliment me and I didn't know how to receive it because I was so used to being with somebody who never acknowledged anything on me to be beautiful. Like, I mean, I, I kind of felt that he thought I was pretty, I mean, I was like, we wouldn't be with me if I wasn't, but it was just like, that was part of his way because he was an insecure individual himself. So, you know, now that I'm out of that relationship and looking back, that was his way of kind of like me down so that, I wouldn't leave, you know, like, you know how guys do that reverse psychology to kind of like make you feel bad about yourself. So you think nobody else will want you type thing. I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's what it was. I don't really know what it was, but I know that for a very long time, um, it bothered me, but I didn't know that it bothered me until I got with somebody who truly appreciated me. And I guess like my beauty. And um, yeah. So like thinking back like that, that sucked. You know, like, mm-hmm. were, and I was with him for, you know, a long time to to not ever really feel beautiful, even when you wanted to feel beautiful or, you know, you would do extra things to make him make you feel beautiful. He just, he never, 
he never did that. But now I know it's probably more so to his insecurities. But that's something that I can say that did affect me for a long time. It carried into my current relationship. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Um... I'm trying to think. I guess. So I I think I told y'all about this before where this was in high school, but, um, you know, family and I, we took family vacation to Disney World. I come back to find out that (laughs) the boyfriend (laughs) is trying to talk to the neighbor. Like, and we were friends <laughs> and like neighbor was one of my good friends so I was just confused about that so then like being in a teen being a teenager that got me thinking like well and I'm not even gonna lie like she was stacked like she had booty she had butt she was cute like she had tiny waist and my shape wasn't like that so I'm thinking all right well was it that like were you with me to just kind of gotta get closer to her? I don't know. That kind of that played a, a big part into relationships because it. I started to feel like I couldn't trust friends around boyfriends or or mm-hmm. trust boyfriends around friends. It it you know that was just a vicious cycle. I mean, I got over it, but um, that was just yeah. I don't even know. That sucks. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Wit? Oh, boy. Um, thinking even just on touching on what you said, uh, when I had uh, who I thought was a best friend to sleep with who I thought was my boyfriend, that was a message like, well, I guess you can't trust these hoes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but more recent to... Um, one of the one of the most toxic relationships I had was always having that feeling that I had to like look over my shoulder or always feeling like I wasn't enough or that I had I was the only one who had my own back and when you're in a relationship with somebody and you're giving them all of these things and then they're not reciprocating those things it's it it feels like you're being torn down because it's like you can't even to not fuck with random people on Instagram or be in the club all the time or give me the attention I need or support when I'm doing like you can't do that and it's just like for a while when I started to receive those things it's like well what what's your motive because I was so used to unhealthy love that when I started to receive something more healthy I I couldn't accept it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's that that's hard and it's so sad because we're that's the story of a lot of women you are so hurt um and just broken by so many different men that when you do get a good guy who wants to do right you're like come on try to repel bring out mm-hmm. the BS because I know it's coming yeah and then you end up pushing him away you know what I mean right um, and it, it's just sad because you hear that all the time. And it, I don't know. I don't understand. Like, and it's crazy, too, because the guys who dog you out, then, like, years later, we happy. 
they coming back like I know I was wrong and cha like cha what what like you know what I'm saying like, you dogged it to the max and it's like all along you knew that I was a good girl but like for some reason I wasn't enough for you know what I'm saying or you knowing that I was a good girl wasn't enough for you to spare my feelings you know and it's just it just does something to a woman's self esteem it does you know. It tears them down, and then a lot of times women become savages, like you know, straight up. What feelings? I don't want to hear it. I'm a, you know, I'm gonna play you just how you, you know. Sometimes like it sucks because they'll play the good dudes just because all the bad dudes play them. So it's like you know, yeah, I'm out here and I'm gonna be a savage like the rest of them, and it's just a vicious cycle, and it, it's just it's really sad um, that we give men so much control. Mm-hmm. of self-worth and you know I don't know I don't I guess this is something I don't know if y'all want to go deep it like real deep but like how I know this is they always say this like daddy issues mm-hmm. so, um asking you like did you you know I already personally know but I guess for the episode like what was your relationship and you don't have to go deep into it but do you feel like maybe some of your insecurities and some of the issues that you've had um, in your relationship through your life or some of the men that you have dealt with um, are a direct reflection to maybe some of the things that you dealt with your dad in your childhood? Almost definitely. I I didn't have um, a relationship with my biological father. I knew of him, but it wasn't until I was... um, an adult that he tried to assert himself as a father. And I remember one of our first conversations was about birds and the bees. And I'm like, are you talking to me at (laughs) at 21 about sex? Like I'm 21. I done went to a whole college. Like (laughs) what? (laughs) I was just like, are you really trying to tell me like about sex? Like, do you even know my middle name? My allergies, like, stop, stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you don't know anything about me, and you're trying to tell me, well, you don't need to be doing that. Excuse me, sir, but I know that for a while I was looking for that, like that, and I and shout out to my stepdad because he definitely stepped in and stepped up. But even then, I didn't even know how to accept him trying to be a dad because I was just like, you're not my dad so we had our own thing so it was just like I had and I'm a very strong person so I even I think that even goes over into my relationships it's like I I, uh, until recently I had not met someone who was really ready to deal with how strong I portray myself to be because really I I want to be a woman I don't want to have to to take care of everything I don't want to have to think all the time I don't want to you know, have to stand alone. Like I want to be um, catered to, and I want a man to spoil me in in the sense of As attention or being yes. there. Mm-hmm. And I I want to be a woman. I want to just chill and let you make decisions. I want to be submissive and let you lead. But I've been with clowns who I <laughs> couldn't trust to lead me. So. I was just out here being sister soldier when I really was just trying to be <laughs> somebody else. 
but I think that because I didn't have the lack of relationship with my dad, I knew that I had to have that strength. And it was like, I'm like, I can't, I don't have time to be sad about the fact that you don't want to be in my life. So I, I built this exterior and I built this wall that slowly but surely it's coming down. Right. That's good. I think um, I can speak to that too. And I had, my dad has always been, I've known my dad my whole life um but he had his own personal struggles that he dealt with throughout my childhood and and um him and my mom they've always remained married but they had a very toxic um and unhealthy marriage and I don't think that she minds me speaking on this as long as I don't go too personal um but I think seeing that and growing up and like observing that I think in my relationship personally I allowed um I allowed unhealthy behavior to go on because I thought it was normal. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like even speaking to my ex boy that I was just talking about with, you know, not making me feel appreciated. I, because I got, and I'm not going to sit here and down talk to my dad, you know, he went through his personal things and I knew that throughout it all, he loved me, even though he didn't always maybe show me with his actions. So to me, that was normal. You know what I mean? Like having him around kind of, hoping and believing that he loved me even though maybe the way he you know lived his life and how he was in and out didn't really show me so I think for me that was normal to me and going into relationships um where maybe guys weren't as you know um affectionate or just loving or you know honest and transparent with me about their feelings like I was you know like it was normal and I think that that has affected me you know in my relationships with being toxic. And it's taken me, to be honest, to really take my marriage to God to really get out of that, um, Mm -hmm. that whole mode. So I think that, you know, although I did have my dad, like I said, I think my relationship with my dad still impacted my choices in my relationships later on in life. Yeah, I agree. I had, my dad was in my life. Um, and just like with you, he had his own personal issues. Um, but <clears throat> as far as I know, up until I was about 15, I think it was 15. Like, I just thought my parents were the cutest. Like, did they go on like regular date nights? No, now that I'm thinking about it, they could have because we were all old enough to stay home and watch, you know, watch each other. Um, but at 15 that's when like our family kind of just kind of like dissolved and my dad had an affair he moved out and we left we were living in a military house and we left and we moved back to Virginia Beach um and then it's kind of just been like my mom and I want to say we kind of took sides because it was crazy I'm not going to go into detail with the whole world but right um it was crazy and like the kids, I mean, the kids did take sides. Like, me and my older, me and the sisters were old enough to understand my brother was still in um, elementary school, so he didn't know. Um, but I guess, it, I guess without giving too much detail, it, it will kind of get confused. But I felt like my brother kind of felt like he was the cause because my dad had an affair with his teacher. But, um, he struggled with that, and I thought that it 
not saying that it's normal for, for families to not remain together, but just looking at people around me, like my friends and their parents, like marriages were dissolving. So I felt like divorce was becoming the norm. And when when I got married, that was one of the things that I didn't want. And um, I, we're we're trying our hardest to you know like not have to go that route. And I think like inserting God in the middle of the relationship um, is helping right now. But <clears throat> I will say I'm not going to take away from him being a great dad. He just sucked as a husband, and that was my only example that I had like constant being in the you know a father figure like my grandfather lived in Philadelphia my other grandfather was in Milwaukee and him and my grandmother weren't even together so I really didn't have any like positive like strong marriages in my family that were close Mm -hmm. to like have a to have an impact on my life yeah yeah well, girls, it is almost 11, and I think that this is a great topic. So I don't know what y'all think, but how do you think, or what do you think about doing a part one and part two? Because we didn't even talk about, like, mental health as far as being a mom and, like, being married and yeah. and all that. And, I mean, I think that that all requires a whole nother episode. So I don't know how you guys feel, but I know we all have to get up and go to work. So do y'all want to like do a part one and part two type thing? Yeah, it's probably going to be a part three. Yeah, (laughs) we can make it a whole series for real, girl. Because I want to talk about the positives of mental health too. Right, like you can take care of yourself. Um, So yeah, yeah, I think this is maybe a good place to stop if y'all don't mind, and then we'll just kind of pick up. So one of Part one. Mental health. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) In all seriousness, though, I thought that was was awesome. And I hope that um, other women can relate. And um, hopefully when we post this, we'll get some positive feedback and people will want to share. And um, we posted on our site, but just um, putting it out there, like, for those who do listen, Send us some topics. Send us things that you guys want to talk about um, that we can discuss as women. And, um, you know, I think I can speak for all three of us that we're willing to be open and transparent. As long as y'all ain't trying to get too deep in our business. Um, (laughs) You can get all the deep. But, yeah, we Mm -mm. can talk about things and just be open as women. And I think sometimes um, this is just therapeutic. You know what I mean? So anybody who wants to add anything or add, you know, topics that you guys want us to discuss or even if we want us to, um, I mean, I don't know how we can do it, but like even having guest speakers on here, you know, that's something yeah. you can think about for the future as well. So I think it's on, on that note, we can close out. Thanks for listening, guys. Holla. Holla. Good night. Night, guys. Good night.